So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day, Terrence Murphy Sr., broker, TM5 Properties. Pat brings on solid guests and really makes them get down to the essential details of their business. Lots of great ideas to digest, and this podcast has given me different perspectives on how to lead my personal team and real estate brokerage. Thumbs up. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have a special guest uh, today, a little bit different than what you're used to, but a very important, probably one of the most important episodes you will listen to this year. And I'm going to leave it at that and kind of get into it with Mr. Carl Carter here. He, he's coming from Little Rock, Arkansas, and he's got a story to tell about his mother and about the subject today and uh i'll let him do it because he can certainly uh, do it a lot better than me so without further ado uh carl welcome to real estate rock stars ah oh, thank you i'm very very honored to be a part and um it's it's always it's always a pleasure to to share my sweet mom with anyone and in hopes that we can all learn from from that senseless tragedy and, and along the way, I'll share some tips as I've traveled the country talking about agent safety. You know, it, I think that there's power in this story because, you know, it's not just hearing these anecdotal things that, that we hear and kind of bore us, you know, in, in these training classes. And I've, I've been on the receiving end of that. But as I get started, I'd, I'd love to tell you just a little bit about my sweet mom. Her name was Beverly Carter. She had been in the business, you know, around a dozen years or so. She was at the broker level. Uh, she loved the industry. She um, loved being a part of these transactions to help people get get in homes. But in September of 2014, she was deceived. And she was deceived by a husband and a wife. And really, you know, as I'll walk you through that story, but I think that that's one of the most eye-opening things as we look at this story and how my mom was deceived is that, you know, so many times we're like, well, trust your gut and there certainly is a place for that. But I think we can be bad to, you know, kind of stereotype or profile what we think a bad guy looks like. And, um, you know, as I speak to agents across the country, it's, they're like, you know, oh my God, this, this was a husband and a wife working in tandem in this, this scheme. Um, but to that point, as, as I get started, it, it's really important for, for every agent listening to this to know that this event, that this scheme that, that took my mom from me was 100% preventable. 
we can learn from it. This doesn't have to be just this lightning strike that was like, oh my goodness, well, I guess it was her time to go. We can put in solid business practices to keep this from happening again. And so- Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so take us back to that day here. Your mom's a real estate agent, 12 years in the business. She gets a call. Somebody wants to see a house. Now, had she met these people before? Give me some detail on the the day of. Absolutely. So the what she knew of the buyers is that they were moving in from out of state. They were cash buyers. So, you know, those two things right there lend themselves to it being problematic to meet face-to-face and, you know, proof of funds, especially for cash buyers can be, you know, that's a, a tough conversation to navigate for a lot of us agents. And so they had reached out with the interest of seeing this this particular property. And I want to also say part of their scheme, they had, they had been calling, they had been texting using a spoof number. So they got one of these smartphone apps that, you know, provided this spoof number that, that helped them build this this scenario that matched that they were out of state when in fact they were just right down the road. And they had also emailed and, you know, there's an opportunity for all of us to learn that, you know, anybody that wants, you know, if I want to name myself Scooby-Doo, you know, at gmail.com, I could do that and, you know, kind of use that in this portfolio of ways to try to deceive someone to believing that that's my name. But day of, my mom had, they had reached out to my mom about seeing that property. She talked to her agents in her office about, you know, this is, you know, I'm working with this couple. I'm going to go show them this property. They were very very well aware of this scenario. She'd also told my dad, she said, hey, you know, as as all of us agents do, it's like, hey, I got to show one more property before I'm on my way home. I'll grab dinner after I show the property and I'll be home. My mom also did something that, that, um, I think we can all learn from is we know that my mom must have had some sort of a little red flag and why this this couple was interested in seeing this this vacant property that had been sitting vacant, you know, bank owned, issues with squatters for a while. Mom knew that this house was in a bit of disarray. And so my mom made up a company policy whenever the husband called asking to see that property. She said, you know, look, I'm, I'm really sorry about this, but company policy prohibits me from showing property alone in a rural area. And, you know, there was no company policy. It was just, you know, my mom utilized that as a, as a um, you know, a, I think a smart way to, to help keep herself safe, safe. But what she didn't anticipate is that the wife would get on the phone and say, hey, girl, I'm sorry we caused you concern and um, I'll be there too. Is that okay? And I think that's kind of the, the, the pausing point for all of this. It's like, wow, oh my yeah, God, if I'm talking I think, to both the husband and the wife, I mean. Right, because I think a lot of people would say, you know, okay, well. There's another woman there, right? And I'm safe, right? I mean, I think yeah, absolutely. I think pretty much everyone listening would would use that as criteria enough to be like, oh, okay, she got on the phone, she sounded okay. Yep, absolutely. And so from then, you know, just as with most of us, you know, the those the layers came down. Mom was like, great, let's I'll show you the property at six p.m. My mom got to the the property early, made a number of phone calls. We know from people she talked to while she sat there. 6 p.m., a car pulls in the driveway, and my sweet mom, just beautiful and the biggest smile. But I know that as she stood there at that car and she realized the husband was alone, and I know she had that sinking feeling. I mean, we all know it. Even when I tell the story, I'm like, ugh, that, that moment. But again, he had thought about the fact that it, this might be what makes this agent get out of this, you know, say no. 
And so they anticipated that. And he said, hey, I'm sorry, my wife got caught up. She has her cell phone with her, and if you will text properties as you know, text photos of this property as we walk through it, it will be as though she's with us digitally. And sure enough, my mom's phone starts going off. It's text from the wife, and so mom proceeds to show this man these this this house. And you know, as my mom turned from taking a photograph and texting it to the wife of the of an upstairs bedroom, she was met with a roll of duct tape and a taser. And the bad guy's been very, you know, he's just a very sick individual. And uh, he's been very proud to admit that the last words of my mother's freedom were, you're about to have a very bad day. And he then went outside and he got in his car and he backed his car up to the house, opened the trunk. And we knew that because when a neighbor was later that night questioned about the disappearance of this agent, they said, well, yeah, I saw a guy. Here's the description. I saw his car. I saw him back up to the house. And so, you know, it, there are lessons throughout this whole story. You know, even if this one's outside real estate, it just to the whole point of if you see something, please say something. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Took, yeah. So he took my sweet, sweet mom and he put her in the trunk of that car. As if, you know, it wasn't enough to just call his wife and say, hey, our plan to get ransom from the family of this realtor is, is in place. He, instead of just calling to say that, he pulls out his cell phone and takes a picture of my mom in the trunk of that car and he texts it to his wife. Jeez. He then drives off. Yeah, it's just awful. He drives off and he makes my mom um, in another area, he makes her do the first of what would have been a series of ransom recordings. That would have been delivered to my dad, you know, to get my dad to to push every bit of their money to the cards that were in my mom's purse. But what the bad guy didn't realize was in his haste to kidnap my mom, in his haste to turn his car around and to take pictures and all this madness that he did, he never considered that our female agents don't show property with a purse on their shoulder. My mom didn't either. She left her purse locked in her car. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. And so from the second he drove off, his plan on how he would collect the ransom money was already ruined. But because mom had told my dad, told her coworkers, um, left a paper file in the passenger seat of her car. A paper file was found of these, the, with the fictitious names, fictitious phone numbers, the MLS numbers of the properties they were going to see. All of this evidence was left behind because of all the things she did right. And so the cops moved quickly. 
And just like, you know, it's kind of a classic case with these bad guys, they don't think they'll get caught until they see blue lights, and then they do the craziest things to keep from going to prison. And so, knowing that the plan wouldn't work, um, they, they took everything from va- of value from my mom, you know, her jewelry, some of her clothing. They, you know, I, I later, much later, even way after the trial, when, when these bad guys went to prison, I was someone who now lives in the home where my mom was actually held as their prisoner contacted me and said, you know, this is really odd, but we found in our home, kind of underneath a cabinet, your mom's name badge, her realtor name badge that she was wearing that day that she was showing property. And, you know, it, it was snapped in half. And it's really what these bad guys thought of her. They never thought of her as this precious, hardworking agent with a family at home. They just thought of her as this super rich broker that was going to be a means to the end of their poverty. And um, whenever they decided that they weren't, wouldn't be able to get that, they, they broke, just like with that name badge, they broke it and they discarded it. And, you know, that's what, that's what they did with my sweet mom. They took her to a spot in, out in very, very rural Arkansas. And, um, and my mom lost her life through suffocation from these, these horrible people. We were lucky in that my mom's body was found. We were lucky in, you know, I say lucky or I say blessings. You know, it's kind of hard to, to say those words in these situations. But, but I'm glad my mom was found. I'm glad that we at least got justice and these people are in prison now. But, it, but it's tough. And, and you know, it, 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 it continues to be tough in, in because, you know, as I've had these opportunities to travel and speak to agents all across the country, I find that, you know, Maybe, yes, my mom's story is extreme and it is um, horribly tragic, but there are agents across the country that I have spoken to personally, so many of them that have been victimized in some way, men and women. You know, typically it's a horrible story of, you know, this, of one of our female agents out there and some, some creep tries to take advantage, um, you know, physically, but it just it propels me forward to keep this safety conversation going because it's a sad fact that because of the vulnerability that our industry can put us in, um, just the very nature of it, there are dangers that, that can ex- happen and exist. Wow, what a terrible story. And I am so sorry that you had to go through that and that you had to repeat that for our audience. And I just cannot imagine. I just can't imagine. It's terrible. Yeah. You know, it is. It, you know, and what's hard, and, you know, maybe this is just me telling, you know, a weakness of my own, but I think so often, you know, or in the past before this happened to my mom, I kind of lived in this little blessed bubble where I was like, you know, you almost wonder like, well, well, if something bad happens to someone, what did they do to that, that asked for it? You know, were they walking alone down a dark alley or something? And it, it just, it's been so eye opening. It's like, these agents are just doing the best they can to make a living and to build their careers and be successful, but people see them as objects, not people, and uh, really try to take advantage. And it's just, uh, it, it is, it's horrific, and it's it's very hard to get our minds around. Wow. Wow. Well, Carl, let's let's make sure that your mom's passing was not complete waste, and I think that that's why you're you're doing this show today, and that's why you're sharing. Absolutely is because we're hoping that people will hear this and uh, learn from it. And I want to talk about what your opinions are because you're a real estate agent as well. You understand the real estate life. What 
do you recommend in today's day and age that every real estate agent do unequivocally, no matter who the buyer is or where they came from? You know, the, the easiest way that I can put it, and it's, you know, it's top of my list, is that we all have to, and we have to continue to look at this. This isn't like a, you know, you see the finish line ahead and then you're there. We have to continue to look at how we are verifying the identity of the people that we're working with. <laughs> and, and aside, or, or in addition to this, this identity verification, is to continue to, you know, if, if only internally to evaluate the motivations of the people that we're interacting with. And I'll give you one example on kind of what I mean by that. And because this isn't all about just, you know, the, our prospective clients. Kind of a little known fact about this case and this husband and wife that took my mom from me is that I, my day job that I, I've worked at for, for 19 years, the wife of those bad guys worked with me at my day job. And so it's, it's not just this, this eerie moment of, you took my mom, but it's like, we walked the same hallways together. We took the exact same ethical training, which sounds kind of silly to say, but it's, I think that we have to remain diligent and just kind of, you know, not being the eternal, like, you know, Mr. Paranoid, but um, gosh, we've got to pay attention. Back to client identification. You know, there, there are some, there are some agents that, that really hang their hat on, on certain, um, certain pieces of, and so I'll just pick on one thing. They say, you know what? No one has time to meet anyone in a public place. They want to just meet at the property right now. I have a comfort level if they will just text me a copy of their driver's license. And maybe that is enough for them. And maybe that is enough for most scenarios that that would be enough of a deterrent. Obviously, you know, we could debate all afternoon on if that's truly the best thing. <laughs> and, you know, if someone you know, meaning or intending to do harm, um, you know, couldn't, couldn't in some way falsify that. Um, but, but back, back to the beginning of it, we have to continue to think about how we verify our clients' identities. And, you know, even if it's just implementing, if, if you're just getting started and get just, you know, thinking about this right now and you're like, Oh, I know I haven't been doing that. I jump in the car every time somebody calls, um, you know, start small. Um, if that's what you have to do, Google names, Google phone numbers, check Facebook, um, and then you can look into you know some more sophisticated um, technologies. There are some pretty cool apps out there right now that can help with, with certain pieces of this. Can you name them? Um, so one that I'm really watching right now that I'm really pumped about because these it's just like any app. If it's not super easy to use, like none of us are going to use it. But I recently was made aware of an app called Forewarn. That, you know, I don't, I just know them, just met them, saw their product. But, I mean, it looks really, really incredible. And they have a really extensive database of phone numbers. And so what will happen is that, you know, you take this phone number of, um, of a prospect and you run it through this app with, the, you know, simplest copy and paste, quick copy and paste. And it will pull back from, from this extensive database every person that that phone number has been tied to. And I tell you, just from what I saw, because I said, guys, can, let's just see what this says for me, you know. So we put in my phone number, and it was incredible the things, you know, even kind of hits that, that 
you know, it found my Facebook profile and it found my uh, credit report. And I mean, it was just, it was a ton of information and it pure, you know, very purely identified that Carl Carter is the person on the end of this, of this phone. So if that doesn't match what you're hearing, then you need to investigate further and make sure that you're keeping yourself safe. So, so that's, that one's definitely top of my list. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. There's another app called Trust Stamp, and, you know, it's a bit more of a process where, where prospects have to, you know, kind of complete a, a profile, and then it goes out to database to, you know, kind of essentially prove that they are who they say they are, but another great way to, to keep people safe. Trust Stamp. I'll put links to that and uh, also to Forewarn. I think the, the crazy part about this, Carl, is that this couple, right? was just that a couple. The showing was pretty much during the day. The conversations were had, and I'm sure your mother ran them through her mind like she, you normally did. And, you know, they sounded articulate and didn't, quote unquote, sound like criminals, which is a terrible thing to say. But I think that a lot of agents out there kind of judge people by the way they sound and think that they could figure people out by the way they sound. You know what I mean? Like You're right. And I think that that's a, a huge, massive mistake, both ways, right? You know, it's not right to do number one because you, you're judging somebody based on a voice. But number two, you could be completely wrong, like in in Beverly's case. Even if that, and that it's just a poor system. It's a crappy system. So you know, is it just about having the strength and the power to say? you know, I don't show houses to people who I don't know. I need to get to know you first. Meet me at the office. So that that's a topic of, of uh, you know, the varied opinions. I'm of the opinion that you, that you really are putting yourself in danger if you're not, or at risk anyway, if you're not meeting in the office or, you know, at least a public place. You know, some, you know, I recently saw in, you know, one of these big online forums, real estate forums, um, just a few days ago, that there was an agent that was really kind of, really, he said, you know, you know, forgive me, you know, for, for trolling you all a bit, but y'all can do all of this, you know, front end verification and get on people's nerves if you want, but I'm going to show anybody a house and I'm going to sell them out from under you. And it really, in my opinion, you know, it weakens the professionalism of our industry that that we can at least 
have this, not just this, hey, will you meet me at Starbucks because I'm afraid you're going to kill me. I mean, that's not the conversation of the script. We have to package that and present it sincerely as a, this is, you know, a consultative session for me to find out what your needs are so I can best represent you. I really think there's power in, you know, getting our minds around certain scripts um, to be able to do that. And I'll admit, I have, I'm the biggest student of this more than anybody. I have been on the felt the sting of somebody saying, whatever, dude, I'm going to call another agent. I just want to see the house. And um, that stings. And I blame myself for that because I blame myself for not controlling that conversation well enough to show them the value of meeting me somewhere public beforehand. So I've got yeah. my work to do too. That's a hard thing to fight because the desperation is just part of capitalism. I think that, you know, you could say, hey, as agents, we'll get together and we won't show any houses unless we meet them at Starbucks ahead of time or at our office ahead of time. But in reality, there's always going to be that agent that went on the blog that day and said, hey, you know, you know I'm hungry. I'll do whatever it takes. Right. I'm a junkyard dog. And I don't think that's going to go away. I think you just have to make personal policies for yourself as an agent. You know, I believe what you said, that it's a, it's a lack of professionalism, that junkyard dog mm -hmm. that just would take anybody and, you, you know, not even knowing, you know, that they have a 450 credit score and that, they don't have a job. I mean, it's just a, a total lack of professionalism, but it's going to be, I think, difficult to, to get a group consensus where everybody's going to say, hey, this is the new rule. I think as a broker now, what, what can a broker do or the leader of a team do that does have some control over a group? How do you think they should handle safety? You know, this is, <laughs> this is definitely a topic that, that gets people fired up, but there are brokerages out there, and I, am, I have seen since my mom's passing more brokerages taking a stand where they insist, and they actually will, you know, at least, you know, maybe they don't enforce, but they certainly threaten, you know, they, that during their orientation, welcome to our brokerage, if I find that you are behaving recklessly, and to me, reckless means just meeting complete strangers at properties, then I will release you. And you can go work somewhere um, where they're okay with, with you performing um, that haphazardly. So it, it's nice that, uh, you know, to see people taking a strong stand. But, but alternatively, for those brokerages that take that stand, it's just like the buyer situation. It's like there are brokerages on every street corner. These agents can go work anywhere. So you don't want to just make people think that you're a hard ass and, and you know, not willing to you know, coach them through how to, how to do these things. But kudos uh, for, for the brokers that, that are, you know, keeping a watchful eye, offering themselves as a buddy to go show property. I've seen brokerages really, they work for their agents for, you know, especially like open houses. They actually do the legwork for the agent in trying to identify uh, creative ways to have another person at the open house. Yeah, that's you know, it's that's, a pain. That's the key right there. I think is is that yeah, and you, you can without that second person. Because I was going to ask you about open houses. I mean, how do you protect yourself at open house? And I think the only way you can is to have two agents there. Yeah, I mean, it's the best. It's the best opportunity for like locally here. You know, uh, lenders love to come sit with me. Another agent is like, dude, 
I have to do my own open houses. I dread those enough. Sorry, you know, peace out. But um, a lender will come and then they're just a value add. They're not just a safety thing. You know, they can talk to people about, you know, programs that they have and it's it's truly a value add. But it, but I'll admit, I mean, there are those moments it's like, and I'm out here busting the pavement trying to um, talk safety, but then I find myself, especially those open houses where I'm alone and I've done several different things to try to make it um, as safe as possible, you know, talking to neighbors before the open house begins, um, you know, letting a number of people know, or, or I have a, um, a piece of technology that's actually a button, you know, and so I, that's independent of my phone, but you want to talk about feeling vulnerable. I mean, whenever you're in an open house, a quiet open house, kind of in the middle of nowhere, it's like, good gravy. Now, tell me about this button in case people listening want to buy it. Like, what is it called? How did we get it? So. Check it out. It's the technology is called Wear Safe, and I use it for two reasons. And I'll be honest: the only real estate reason that I use it for are open houses that I'm alone, just because I feel particularly vulnerable, and I don't want to be that guy that like has my cell phone out on 911, you know, waiting for a cue. That's that's just I don't want to do that. Um, and then also I can use it. I'm a distance runner, so I'll just have my button with me whenever I run, and. Uh, you know, should anything, not just, you know, I, you know, some bad guy out there, uh, you know, an injury, whatever. I mean, lots of agents encounter injury in the, our profession that, you know, has nothing to do with the bad guy. So it's it's really nice to have something so handy. And and so it's a button and you put it on your, your shirt or your blouse or, or whatever. And if you're feeling <laughs> uncomfortable, you just touch it. And then what happens? Yeah, so it it um, kind of has an attachment where it can go on your keyring, or you can just carry it independently as a clip. You could put it on your clothing, and when you whenever you first get it, there's a little bit of a setup that you have to do, and so you can identify like what happens. You know, you set what happens whenever you hit that button. So if you and your broker have an agreement where you know you're going to let your broker know that you're in trouble, then you know whatever, um, or your spouse, or you know, and then your spouse would know. Um, I, I don't personally use this to immediately try to contact 911, although I think there is that opportunity. But it will, when that alert, that panic goes out, it will automatically capture where I am. And it will um, push an alert to, to everyone that I've set up to, to hit it. So they say, Carl's in trouble. This is you know exactly where Carl is right now. And they'll call your phone, and if you don't answer it, then they'll decide what to do next. Right. And it's really been good for me. Like, you know, I've told most often, I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I've got I've got my wear safe. Um, you know, I have to do this. Couldn't get anybody to do this open house with me today. You know, if you get an alert, don't try to call me. Just know that it's bad news. Yeah, I'm not going to hit this unless... Yeah. I've yeah. down, I've been tased or whatever, right? I mean Right. Or or I'm scared to death or and you ha you can hold it like a keychain so they won't know that you're doing it. They won't know that you're sounding the alarm essentially. Mm -hmm. hmm. So Carl, tell me about the the one sheet. You know, everybody that comes on our show provides a uh, a gift to all of our listeners. And you've agreed to provide a PDF of a, a one sheet, a prospect identification form. What is this? So this form is extremely helpful. It's a great tribute to my mom. And 
I think it's a great it's a great introductory piece for our prospects. And so those of you that are familiar with the you know NARS you know safety toolkit that's available out on their site, they have this prospect identification form. And I it was my experience that you know I found myself kind of writing in the margins you know other pieces of information um, that weren't available within that form. So so I've talked to you know several other agents in the industry, and we have built a, an updated version of this client ID form that not only it, it doesn't serve the purpose of solely identifying the verific, you know, um, the, the identity of, of the people that, that you're seeking to do business with, but um, it also serves as a great profile that you can keep as you start down this, you know, this relationship with them to getting, you know, them uh, taken care of. So, uh, it's a great form. I'm excited to share it with everyone. Well, thank you so much for that. And, and Carl, thank you so much for, uh, you know, bearing your soul here, for telling your, your sweet mother's story here. And I promise you that you making it public today and you and, and the whole thing altogether will, will not be in vain and uh, that people out there listening to this will take heed and, and get some of these apps and be more diligent about uh, how they conduct themselves in this business. I really, really appreciate all you've done today for the Rockstar Nation. Oh, my honor completely, my friend. I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Carl. Good luck to you in Little Rock, Arkansas. If I'm ever in the area, I will definitely look you up and uh, we can break some bread. Sounds great, my friend. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.